uh, God made a secret movie mm-hmm. in these movies. <laughs> and that secret movie uses images of 9-11. So it's, it's, but, it's, but the thing about it is that it seems to be using images of 9-11 metaphorically. So it's still this question to me of what is God's secret movie about, actually? It's not mm-hmm. actually about 9-11. It's about yeah. the return of Christ in some specific way. That yeah, I yeah, yeah. Heard the specifics of, you know. But mm. it's using images of this other event and mm. ideas from this other event to talk about it. So it's like within the sink, there's, there's already, and I guess maybe that's always the case with sink. There's always this double aspect. It's using something literal to mean something else. And mm. so it's also as if Eddie Valiant is filming a sink. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's filming mm-hmm. a metaphor that then becomes literal, that then becomes a transcendental metaphor, even more of a metaphor than you thought it was or something, you know? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. It's like the movie is about movies that yes, sink. Yes, and what's the title? Who framed Roger Rabbit? Like, who filmed it? Who framed it? Who directed it? Yeah. Who, you know, yeah. captured on camera. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. Who framed him? So it literally, yeah. The title points back to Zemeckis, but then mm. really it points back to the collective unconscious in the end, mm. you know. Woo! <laughs> I know, and uh, yeah, and then the, the, God, I don't know. And the that's rabbit. The, title. the book is called Who Censored Roger Rabbit? So Zemeckis gives it that title. Mm-hmm. Or, or him, writers, you know. He changes it so that it can work as this meta film pun. So some yeah. of this stuff is delicious. It's just where it ends and where the other stuff begins, as usual. See, that's the that's the thing that always like bothers me about about making sync videos, because it feels sometimes as if the story that the movies are telling uh, is so. <sighs> outside of time somehow so eternal that it's the secret eternal movie that sits behind all other movies (laughs) yeah exactly and it just constantly feels as if um the the movie is always on the verge of unveiling this secret story but it's like it's always the same. It's always the same. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, uh, yeah. And it's, it's obviously the same in a way that is far, far deeper than the level at which I'm typically operating at with this nine 11 sink, you know, mm-hmm. I, mean, I guess that's what I was getting at anyway, is that I've just really come to appreciate the degree to which the nine 11 sink is itself uh, a layer of metaphor beneath which sits something else. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't... The psyche, I guess. <laughs> don't know. No, exactly. I, I don't know. Now, the situation with Zemeckis is really quite unusual, I think, because... 
he's a director like John Carpenter, I think, who is do who has an extraordinarily unique and sophisticated style that is operating um or that is exploiting unconscious effects or possibilities, you know? <laughs> I just I I just can't believe that if, for instance, that like the yeah, there are just so many things in Back to the Future. So almost every scene has a double, you know. Mm, yeah. Uh, and you can see how he replicates them structurally, like beat by beat. You know, it's really he's doing mm. it on purpose. But so he's a director that is working with the idea of an of images that represent other images symbolically, like as a total frame idea. He wants you to think about the Twin Pines Mall in that first segment in Doc's garage. Because uh, yeah. he gives you all the same iconography and the same stuff in there already. And it, like, I guess you can imagine that that's done simply to give the actual Twin Pines Mall scene more impact when it hits so that mm. it it feels oddly familiar which yeah. gives it this numinous feeling maybe the first time through because mm -hmm. it's it is unconscious you, you you don't realize you're looking at a little staging of that scene in the yeah. garage the first time you know mm. but it must prime you for it in some way so maybe that's just what he's doing but then it if that's just what he's doing, how weird is it then that he receives all these 9-11 matches? Because that's what, like, God is doing, right? Mm. Mm. <laughs> it's like, it's a resonance of style or approach there, which, which is weird. Like, he's already uh -huh. working with the idea of image transparency, an image that overlays in a structural way onto some other picture. And then in his big secret art movie about that process it accidentally traps all these pictures of 9-11. Like, that's spooky to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it becomes like a fly trap or something, or like a... Yes, yes. It, it's sticky, so, like, things stick to it. Like Yes, spirit. sticky. I like that as a metaphor. <laughs> um, yeah, I know. I always imagine it or, as if, Or it's like, yeah. the, it's like the divinity giving, like, a, like a shout-out, you know? Like, mm. hey, I saw what you did in this movie. I like that, too. Here's what I did with it. Nice. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. Well, you know, th that's funny because I sometimes get the feeling that um, with, with art, whenever I've kept, like, a dream journal intensively, it's become very obvious that stuff that I dream about is directly representing whatever it is that I'm inspired by, even if it's, you know, in, in a, in a fearful way or in a, you know, like fear or inspiration oh, or, yes. yeah, yeah. or like, and, and so what happens usually is that if I'm keeping a dream journal and I'm making art, um, I, I will be, like the, the dreams will simply be highlighting or, or, or making clearer the themes that I'm working with, um, the themes that I'm inspired by, that I want to 
that I want to highlight. And the, the thing is that if I wasn't keeping a dream journal, I think that would be happening anyway, that, that in the depths of the unconscious, all sorts of different little cartoon animals are, are like, you know, telling me what to do <laughs> in some sense. <laughs> like, like, yes. like that somehow your inspiration comes from deep, from a deep place. Oh, this really it, reminds that, me of a dream I, I had once. Remind oh, me cool. Of, of right. At the end, yeah. Well, just to end, like, just that, that, um, I, I feel sometimes with art that that maybe you exactly you are co-writing art in a social sort of way with a society of spirits. <laughs> you know what I yes. mean? Yes, yes, for and, sure. Yeah. And that you can be conscious of that or unconscious of that to different degrees, I guess. Yes. Um, and doesn't and it like, seem like yeah. there are probably many different categories of spirit, you know? Because mm, mm, I would think mm. there's like the spirit of the time you're collaborating mm. with as well. Because your society, like, you have all kinds of implicit, unconscious views of the world that you inherit from your from your yeah. current culture. Make it into your work, too. And those are mm -hmm. like ghosts as well, you know? I don't uh, know. Yes, absolutely. No, I love that. Exactly. I, I, I really think there's something like that going on and uh and so you can like i can imagine zemeckis um see the, the way i picture it i don't know if this is how it works <laughs> but that when you're making a story like that i wonder if there are certain kind of artists like carpenter zemeckis people like that um mm. or, or where you're already kind of a a bit of a stone head, a, a, like a, a pothead, <laughs> stone head. Um, like you have this stone head. It's <laughs> like a way to say alchemist. Stoneheads. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Like, yeah. I, I wonder if like you can have this sort of pothead mentality where any kind of pattern is just whoa like cool like you know yes. you can so so maybe Zemeckis yeah, is like it's such a pothead movie and yeah. then Interstate 60 kind of gives it away you know mm. Mm. yeah like at least Bob Gale smokes a lot of weed I think we can mm. say that with definitive yes <laughs> yes you know right and like I because I, I know when when I've tried to write stories and stuff it's irresistible to like replicate fractally as yeah. many of the of the themes and leitmotifs as possible so yes like, totally it's so just maybe, like an art it's like a thing about good art because I, I, mm. I think music is like that too like when i mm. write music i'm always trying to make each melody reflect every other melody a little it just keeps it all kind of unified and coherent you know yeah and i i wonder if there's something like just irresistible about that where maybe the artist doesn't necessarily need to know why they just like it like maybe yes. Bob, maybe Zemeckis is like yeah here's an opportunity to have twin statues like twin lion statues Let, let's yeah. let's take it let's just take every opportunity we get to replicate the theme of twinness because because we yes. like it yeah right, right. <laughs> you know right 
um, in a purely visceral kind of mm, like pattern <laughs> kind right. of way. But then the extra thing is that I think, and I agree with you, that I think people like Zemeckis and Carpenter and stuff are probably people who simultaneously are viscerally attracted to that and have some sort of an intellectual awareness of why that works or why it's cool. You know, they've thought about yes, it. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, Interesting. I don't know. I mean, there's an extent to which I think just any fiction always has this double aspect. Like, it's just what authors do. They, they write stories that allegorically represent something going on in their lives often, you know, mm. that they don't want to talk about directly, but mm. they want to approach narratively. Like, mm -hmm. I met this girl the other week, and she's mm. a writer, and she yeah. was telling me about the script she's working on. And it's just exactly that. Like, it's just, it's totally conscious for her. It's like, she's having mm. these problems with her family and with her sexuality. And she's writing this story that's about that thematically. It doesn't really share any of the details of her situation. But yeah. it's a way to think about the issue. And so I think probably any work of fiction has that going on, whether it's conscious or unconscious. The big mm. question is, what is Bob's story about? To me, yeah. that's still pretty opaque, you know? Yeah, yeah. Back to the Future is a... It really is a weird movie, It's just thematically, you know? Mm. What is all this stuff with the <laughs> the rape of the mother and all, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, These it is a weird, weird movie. fixations, yeah. you know? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, because I know what you mean, because there are some movies that are like science fiction movies, where you can kind of tell what the movie is about. Like, even if, it, if, even if there are aliens in it, maybe it's about, like, family reunion or something, but, it, right. but it's set in a kind of an, a science fiction context. So Back to the Future has this thing where if you strip away, like, if you were to strip away the, the time travel science fiction-y element, yeah. then what, what, what is it about exactly? Like about remembering uh, <laughs> the past. I don't know. It's a movie about an old man who's haunted by the ghost of a teenager from the future, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. I just, on a basic level, that's the plot. Like, I know we're supposed to orient around Marty. We're supposed to say it's the story of a teenager who, you know, yeah. discovers his identity. And yeah, yeah sure, but... Actually, if you look at the trilogy as a whole, I, I think mm. it orbits around Doc more. <laughs> mm. it, the yes, third movie yeah. is all about Doc. Like, it's it's completely going to the Old West to deal with Doc and give Doc a love story and, you know, all this stuff. Right. Uh, yeah, so it seems to suggest that the, the Doc trilogy... drives all the action in part two, you know? I don't know. Yeah. This really seems Doc-heavy <laughs> as a whole. <laughs> Yeah, well, it seems as if the trilogy can't reach a uh, resolution unless it deals with the Doc uh, storyline. So yes. it depends on the Doc storyline being resolved in order to end as a trilogy. 
Like and the it's mocking, funny, it does yeah. seem like they deliberately are trying to clean him up a little bit to, to say definitively, he's a normal man with a normal sexuality. See, he falls <laughs> in love with Clara and has children and it's all fine. Uh, and they speed away in their weird train together, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, without that, you are still kind of left wondering, like, mm. is he just yeah. asexual? Like, what is the deal with this guy? Like, yeah. Yeah, that's funny. And you know what it makes me think, too, is that when a movie like that doesn't seem to have a clear, like, you, you, you don't know what it's about. It's kind of like when you have a dream and you can tell that it's not about anything in your personal unconscious, but is instead yes. a dream about the deeper unconscious. And you're like, yeah, it, fuck? it's marked somehow. There's like a shift in style, at mm. least, yeah. As if, like, suddenly you dream something about how you're you're picking up golden fishes from a, you know, <laughs> a bowl in the, and you're like, okay, this is clearly like some sort of a Jungian yes. style deep it's, dream. It's, it's it's exactly the the material becomes more archetypal mm. and mm. less um, like a smaller wave pattern that you might have extracted from your day or your week these are like patterns that are extracted from history and so yeah. they get they get that level of, of depth all of a sudden mm -hmm. and so it is it's it isn't it funny that we often talk about the feeling of coming into contact with that stuff as a vertigo sensation it relates mm -hmm. to the depth like the depth of time that it took oh, the pattern shit. to be detected and aggregated <laughs> and, uh -huh. Yes. Oh, right. That's that's amazing. It's yeah, it's an time. old model. You, you're encountering a very old ghost if you're dealing with the twins or what, whatever it is, you know. Um, that's cool. Yeah, it's vertigo of time. time. Of time. Yeah. <laughs> the sink, that sink spiral. It's a it's time vertigo. Exactly. <laughs> Temporal. <laughs> I got a bad case of the time vertigo. I'm completely unmoored in linear space time at the moment oh man give me a uh, week to get myself back together <laughs> all calls are currently going to my voice machine that's oh. weird oh fuck that yeah that's <laughs> that's weird that really <laughs> reminds that's really me fucked up. sorry that's just fucked because because what does that imply about you as a then the way that you make meaning about things you know mm. that you will experience a physical sensation that is derived from looking into a chasm and worrying mm. that you're going to fall into it. Mm. And you'll, you'll just experience that physically, but like as a metaphor for something to do with time and pattern. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. And it's funny because, like, you know, and, and often it's yeah. represented visually too. Cause very often when those archetypes pop up, I seem to notice at least in the films, you see things like wells or valleys or, you yeah. know, it, it, it represents its temporal depth with spatial visual depth as yes. as well, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, fuck. And it feels also as if you could fall into the depths of it. Yeah, and, and you can. It's not as if you really can fall into it, as we know. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 what what does that mean like falling into it mm. is that is that what we call 
inflation in some way you you sort of you become you fall into those old images um so that they become more real than the images of the spirit of the times mm. you're living in is is it something like that i don't know like i would think that there are probably multiple ways to fall into it mm -hmm, you know mm. Yeah. I don't think that the unconscious opens the same portal every time. And yeah. I don't think it always has the same reason for opening the same portal, if it is the same one, you know? Yeah, yeah, I like that, yeah. Uh, because I you think, know, you know... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, it's just... I, I was just going to say, because I think... I, I wonder if that's why these movies become mainstream blockbuster hits because some i would like, say yes yeah they really like people want them people want to see this they really yes. want to see this <laughs> somehow yes. yes uh and that's bizarre in itself because back to the future it, it is because they don't know why and they mm. don't know what they want to see actually they just know that there's something there and they gravitate mm. towards it. And, and it's funny because... Oh, man, you got to see this movie, Back to the Future. And you see the trailer, and it's just evocative enough, you know? And then it's like, I don't know. It, it If you look at the early promotional material for Back to the Future, it was all about the twin fire streaks. Mm, you use yeah. that right away. The first thing you see are the, the red Nike swooshes on mm. Marty's shoes. And then the last thing you see are the fire streaks from the DeLorean. So it it links the the tires to the feet and therefore the it it like makes you think about the DeLorean as a an archetypal like chakra system of the body. <laughs> mm. You know, with the flux capacitor which you also see in the first trailer, you know, as the as the obviously the sexual chakras. And that's the first stuff he used. It, like un, like in the, the first marketing material, it's 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 subliminal sexual material, but of a mystical mm. sort. So it hits both it hits you spiritually and sexually, but mm. both only implicitly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think you're right that I think that combination like if you're aroused and um, mm. I don't know what the other word is, um, ecstatic, yeah, yeah, something, you know, mm. that's like it just kind of implies that orgasm is going to happen because that's that's what happens, right? At uh -huh. the moment of orgasm, it's both this spiritual ecstasy and a physical <laughs> ecstasy. <laughs> that's funny, also, because orgasm in these movies usually means like. The, the climax of the film, which is usually yeah. a traumatic, a traumatic, yes, like, <laughs> yes, event. Um, you know, it's funny because I think God, this and BDSM, it all connects back to I think Jung's idea of the religious function of like I think people like there is like a craving for 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 the religious in the sense of the. Right. Well, Back to the, the Future is also a movie that that shows you a ch church that is also a movie theater. All mm, this, you know. Mm, mm. And I'm sorry, but that painting it should be mm. hanging in a church. Like I'm talking about the movie <laughs> poster. You know. Oh it yeah, It is yeah. just like 
to me, it is it, it conjures much more of a of a religious feeling than any image of Christ I've ever seen. I don't know, maybe that's just me, but <laughs> yeah, it yeah, has yeah. that look. It looks like stained glass almost. Those blues and the I don't know. Mm, mm. Yeah. That's funny. You said you'd had a dream, by the way. You oh, yeah. to mention. That was in the context of um inspiration you were mm -hmm. talking about right right um i had a dream around the time that i started working on mmxx um which you know dude i've been working on that song for like two years now isn't that horrifying <laughs> yeah i mean that's but, an incredible experiment you know to oh yeah <laughs> to... i think it's going to be finished very soon though because my my boss, Oliver, he's like, he's in a band and like knows music production mm. and he's offered to help me like finish it. So, Oh, sweet. Cool. I think, I think in the near future, I'm going to bring it into the studio and just have Ollie kind of help me. We're just going to like, we're going to, we're going to get it right. Finally <laughs> mm. in a, in a treated room with actual monitors and all that could hear what's actually going on. Get it mm. really good. Um, cool. So anyway, right around the time I was started working on that, I was just going through a big like, oh, I can listen to heavy metal again because I'm my own man now. I'm out of this relationship and blah, blah, yeah. blah you know, and I, yeah. I just bought an electric guitar again for the first time since I was a teenager. You know, it's so mm. back to the future. God, um, <laughs> it is. Yeah. Because um, it's, you yeah, know, it's, it's totally like I, like I had like a crippled phallus, you know, because mm. the relationship ended in this terrible way. And then it's like the guitar is like a dick, you know, I don't know. It, it all makes sense. But anyway, at that time, I had a, a dream um, where. Uh, sorry, I guess I actually need to set it up by saying that the day during the day I had listened to this band Blind Guardian. And mm. they're like this European, they're like a German power metal band from the mm. 90s. Yeah, uh, they're still out there, actually. Um, uh, but yeah. uh, I was I was into them in the '90s, and uh, and they had this album called Imaginations from the Other Side, mm -hmm. which yeah. is an amazing <laughs> title. Um, and and so anyway, I I got back into it, and 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 it, it was one of those pieces that like survived the flip, you know, because suddenly I was like, oh wow, it's all Jungian, like mm. Imaginations from the Other Side, and it's like this song about fantasy and about the need for it to to like it like the whole metaphor is like it's dried up like the fantasy world is dead or in danger of dying mm. and we have to like this is what the lyrics are about you know like and we're gonna like we have to like revivify the fantasy world you know right it's like man, whoa yeah. that's awesome these guys knew what was up you know <laughs> mm. <laughs> and it's such a great song and so and anyway that night i had a dream where I can't even describe it was just crazy. Like if you imagine like a like that scene in um Star Wars at the space bar, you know? Mm -hmm. With all the crazy aliens and they're all like dancing to the weird like klezmer music, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's like what this dream was, but it was but it was to this to that song, to Imaginations from the Other Side. Oh <laughs> it's, right, cool. It's like crazy <laughs> speed metal-y power metal thing. And it was just like this, like raucous, like, like parade of the unconscious monsters, like banging pots and pans, and just, just like a party to this song. Mm -hmm. And that was the whole <laughs> dream. There's nothing else in it, really. 
yeah, I, just, yeah. I just woke up and it was just like I was it was just it was as if <laughs> the ghosts wanted to say, yeah, we like that. More of that. Listen, you know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like that. But it, but it was but it was I think related to the art making, you know? It was uh-huh. like we need more of that. We need mm. to rock out to more of that to absorb that energy to to make the big ghost orgy come out right, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. I know. Fuck. <laughs> That's so weird, man. I I love those <laughs> I love those dreams where it really feels as if they are interacting with you, literally. Yes. No, and it was so, yeah, it was like that. Yeah. You wake up and it's like, okay, so someone who is not me, someone who is not my ego, a bunch of egos who are not my ego were yes. happy yes. about me. Yes. And and if yes. I and if I continue this if I if I continue this collaboration with them, they will probably like be happy like you know as yes. well. Like like and, well, and, 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 will... and the dream acted as a kind of literal proof of their capability because mm. they weren't just um like dancing to it they were like playing along to it with instruments and stuff so they <laughs> right, were like yeah, elaborating yeah, yeah. It, you know there were there was more music in my dream version of the song mm. than in the actual song it had added new parts and and it was emphasizing different parts at different times mm. and you know nice. um yeah yeah <laughs> so it was just kind of showing like like you know yeah we can do that sure <laughs> can do, you know i don't know <laughs> yes such a Fuck. funny dream yeah weird yeah i know and, and sometimes these dreams they're like mm, highlights or like markers in time you're like oh this was like th- this is a transition moment like in, in my life or something like the dream is like saying it stands out like a landmark sometimes like oh, okay yes. uh this is the dream where suddenly I broke through a certain barrier or certain fear and the dream world exploded in celebration or whatever. Like, yes. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry if this is, this is a very personal question now. We can cut this mm-hmm. from the podcast if you yeah, like. Yeah. But I don't remember, did you ever end up having sex with the, with the anima in the dream world? <laughs> oh, dude. Uh, like, it's, it's hard to tell. I mean, I've had... Mm. I've had like sex with. That's interesting that it's hard to tell, huh? Well, it, hard to tell in the sense that I've I've had like wet dreams. I've had like you know sex with female characters in mm-hmm. dreams, but I've it, I don't remember any where it was like a numinous kind of an alchemical kind of dream anima yeah. character. Yeah, like very often. I could probably interpret them symbolically, but they were very personal, unconscious kind of dreams. Right, um, right. I, I, you know, and now that you've mentioned this, I think it, it it opens up for me an interesting question, which is I think whenever there's been some sort of a sexualized encounter with the anima in a dream, it's always been with either her being like an absolute dom 
and so me so the 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 the, the how do i say it I, i'm either in a completely submissive position in a submissive position that that implies my death almost right, you know right, i'm right. i'm abs like like tortured to death that good old collie energy right <laughs> exactly so it's it's funny because they're not i wouldn't call them like wet dreams they would be like absolute like massacre kind of dreams or like you know <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. and it's it's either it's either what that or aspect of her right? i just think about that all the time why is she so <laughs> like like at this like genocidal level you know <laughs> yeah yeah Fuck. Like, no it's funny because and it's because it, it's either like yeah this sort of like me I being think it must be because they they the women i mean like they're genetic mm -hmm. filters they, they 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 do kill like in the reproductive sense like oh they're right like a whole bunch of men aren't going to mate you know and they're gonna they're they're, they're gonna die like in a reproductive lineage way you know i think right. i don't know it's I think like part of like the male model of the feminine must include mm. a lot of anxieties about about that. So maybe it's a shadow of uh, like a shade of that kind of. Oh right, about right. It's funny, yeah. No, that's interesting. Of like, yeah, like you you may not survive as a right. As I think a it's family a, or something. It's, it's a, a <laughs> it's a it's a normally like masculine way to think about love, like as mm, if it mm. were a battle, you know, because it's kind mm. of it's a competition and you're fighting with other men and blah blah. I don't know. Mm. I it's funny. I I sometimes also think of it as it being like the this absolute Dionysian thing where, um. See, yeah. I, I, some, I sometimes like old, the only thing more orgy than orgy is a blood orgy. Am I right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, and I see, I sometimes even get the sense that that it's there's something absolutely literal about it in a Hellraiser kind of way that oh, I see. The, the death, the death literally is uh, a sexual sort of um, event. In that context, right? It's right. just that we we never find out because we die. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So, like like maybe, I don't know something like that. That perhaps you sort of wake up on the other side and like, wow, that was amazing. <laughs> but uh, oh, uh, Alan, I love that. What a great idea. <laughs> but it's funny because it's either that it's either like hers complete dom. Or, it, sorry, sorry. I just want to sorry. draw out what, what you actually said there. Like, yeah. <laughs> as 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 if as if our entire waking life mm. is is a sexual experience had by a ghost in eternity <laughs> yeah. that they then kind of wake up from and and say, "Oh, that was a great one." You know, <laughs> that's just amazing. Um, right, and, that's and, that's like a poet's insight. I love that. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, the thing is also like, obviously there are there are problems with it in the sense that it, it's it's yeah. it's it's the typical kind of <laughs> the, yeah the whole thing's a problem because it 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 you know what what does that mean like what does it mean for us to have that insight and to act on it? Like, like, you know, would, would that. We've done too many drugs. probably. <laughs> like, 
like no. to, to to what extent to what extent um must we that's the weird delicate balance of this because it's like that having i think that insight just to, to a certain degree helps make it could help potentially make life more pleasurable if there was less anxiety about death right but at the same time um it you know you 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 can treat other people very badly and just think well you know the spirits are getting off on this or something right uh, <laughs> and so it's a uh, that's the interesting thing because I think that's the the amoral character of the anima that it's that's beyond it. good and yeah. evil. That's it. Because, yeah, yeah it really I think is. that I think that's the key that it it's not that the anima is showing you the way things should be. It's not that she's saying, "Look, follow my example. You should all embrace death." No, I think right. that precisely she is not saying anything to human beings. There is no kind of moral communication. <laughs> with the anima or moral guidance of that sort. Yeah, that's it. It's an interesting trajectory with her, isn't it? Because I, mm. I think as men living in modern Western societies mm -hmm. still, like there are a lot of feminine aspects that are kind of not kosher to express in various social settings, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so there's an aspect of interacting with the anima early on, I think, where you're, you're, you really are or naturally oriented in, in a way that's kind of like, I need to integrate this stuff so that I can um, recover aspects of my wholeness that have been fractured into a repressed feminine set, you know? Mm -hmm. But then yeah. there's, there's absolutely like a flip <laughs> where mm -hmm. it, it starts becoming impossible because how do you integrate the blood orgy part or the or the part where she's actually a goddess or a witch or the, et cetera, et cetera, you know? Um, those yeah. things can't be... <laughs> you ought to imitate her in those ways, probably. That's not mm. appropriate because she is her own entity still. Uh-huh, right. You, know? you can't take everything out of her and mm. integrate it into consciousness. Ah, There's dude, some, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's interesting. I, exactly. I think that there is, there is stuff that that you just do not integrate, and and not. I don't know whether that means that you shouldn't, or just that you don't, or you can't, or whatever. But right, that, right. That that's the, the yeah, that's the really sort of mystical side of it. That it's not all just stuff of your own that has been projected into these little cartoon characters right that's the thing right. there is right. there is a core um deep being pattern. there is yeah. a being that is being dressed in those projections but the being itself and and you are being dressed in the projections as well that's the thing like it's not a, as if you are necessarily in a different position from her in it's that kind sense. of layered onion idea about reality it's what's so profound mm -hmm. about back to the future because it shows mm -hmm. you that in pictures it shows you mm -hmm. these layered onion pictures but then it's like it's about projection that's mm -hmm. projection that's that's the ah. whole existential situation we're always in it, it just seems like there's the visible world 
And then there's some other image that can't ever be seen directly behind the visible world. And so it's like Zemeckis is like a, like a move, like a cinema philosopher in this crazy way. He, he, he connects <laughs> yeah. like cinema to depth psychology, you know? Mm, I don't mm, know. Mm. Yeah. But then that's the weird thing. Cause it's also the audience, the audience are philosophers in, in the mm, sense that mm. they, they chose this movie. They chose, yeah. they chose it over, over like, <laughs> Uh, yeah, the whole society. There is a joint kind of, and the entire yeah. world chose this movie. You know, mm, mm, yeah. it was an international hit, unlike anything that had come before it, it. It kind of it launched the idea of the trilogy thing, like along with Star Wars. I guess basically Star Wars and Back to the Future are the big mm. like progenitors of. You oh, know, interesting. Okay. Star Wars in the seventies, and then Back to the Future in the eighties. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there were other big trilogies in the eighties, of course, but I don't know. I think Back to the Future had wider appeal even than Indiana Jones. You know, there was really mm. something about that movie. It was like a family movie. People somehow. Uh-huh. How bizarre is it that that's what it, like? How <laughs> was that a fa- it, like? It's about raping your a mom, like. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I I see what you mean. Exactly, it's almost like precisely because of that, it's something that families wanted to process together because it's That's sufficiently. It. Oh, you got it. Yeah, it's sufficiently I'd quite, hidden. I'd quite I, seen it that way, but yeah, that's absolutely it. You could address <laughs> the topic of incest, like yeah. implicitly through a viewing of Back to the Future, which is you know. <laughs> Incestual dynamics are just, I think you'd agree, are just a thing that exists in most mm. families, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a very repressed way, obviously, as it, as it should be in a family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and then there's like the, the symbolic dimension of it, of like, um, yeah, in, incest as, as union between the, the, the archetypes and that stuff. So it's like family... Yeah. A lot is being processed. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's the thing. Maybe that 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 those well, movies. and it shows you. It mm. shows you images of 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 Michael like processing trauma. You see his face as he like watches the doc get shot and like the the terrorist uh, attack happen. And yeah, and then it's it's a thing that gets filmed, and they they then they watch it again. Like Doc watches himself die, and like you know it's. It's all about processing trauma. For mm-hmm. sure it's about that. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I don't think that's generally recognized for some reason. It just really underscores, once again, the degree to which our fellow mortals have no fucking idea what they're talking about when it comes to movies, my dude. <laughs> they just don't know what they're watching. They, 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 it's like they're just not watching most of it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> We consume, yeah. we just consume it in the same way we consume fast food. Mm, mm. 